Welcome to Recap, a podcast where we talk about the latest news featured on our social media pages. This is the news that matters most to voters, and we encourage legislators to not only listen, but also to act on what they hear. I'm your host, not Joshua Hyde. Um, I'm I'm typically the analyst here, Alex Prohanan, um, filling in for Josh today, who had some family stuff he had to take care of. Um, so with me, I have our uh, writer, Anthony Arnold, and the boss lady herself, Francine Dash. How are we doing today, team? Awesome per usual. Doing good. We're excited <laughs> to help you. <laughs> <laughs> Alex uh, is driving. What, I don't know that mean? <laughs> what you mean by that, Anthony. This is completely normal, like every other episode. So I normally... Josh hands it over to me, so I guess I hand it over to me. Um, yeah, we're we're gonna talk about our favorite subject, but we're gonna we're gonna take a slight we're gonna slight detour. We're we're gonna go slight detour to our favorite subject. So our total number of uh, cases for uh, since uh, right now, uh, we we are at forty four million seven hundred nine thousand and ten. We've added. On Friday, we added 87,870 new cases, down from 100,000. Wow, so that's total cases nationwide since the beginning of this thing. Yes, that is the total number of cases uh, for COVID-19. We're at 720,228 deaths. And on, so on Friday, we added 1,393 new deaths is Jeez. again just a staggering number we're about half a 9-11 a day if we want to like make that comparison mm. i mean yeah it's a way to think about it yeah that that changes the yeah all right but i say brief detour but we're, we're not going to dwell on that because we have another way a, a happier way of tra- of saying similar things let's talk about the vaccine count yeah okay so total um, of people with at least one dose is 65.8% of the population. So 218,000, sorry, 218,318,056 per Friday. So yesterday's numbers. So with the population um, over 12 is 76.9%. Population over 18 is 78.7%. And population over 65 is 95.9, yeah, sorry, 95.5%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Wow, those are big <laughs> numbers. Well, those are big numbers if you're pro vaccine. If you're not, then that's you know. Different. If you're not, what are you? What are you doing? Well, Educate yourself. Read, read some stuff, and then come back to us. We'll wait. We'll be here. Yeah, vaccines aren't going anywhere either, guys. Go get them. Uh, I mean, so what's interesting about these numbers is that uh, the it would indicate that the most reluctant group is between 12 and 18. How do you think that is? Um, parental pressures, probably. Mm. Yeah, you know, I keep forgetting uh, about parents. <laughs> and young people generally know, think they're invincible. Yeah, yeah. So there's definitely <laughs> that, but also I know uh, there's a big disinformation piece that came out of Russia in particular because they were trying to like prop up their vaccine. And so they talked about other vaccines um, causing infertility in women. Oh, and wow. I know that was a big thing with uh, my wife and her mom. Mm-hmm. She was like, I don't think you should get vaccinated. And she's like, what are you talking about, mom? And she's like, well, but but I read this thing. It's like, no, I, I'm getting vaccinated. I did hear that early on too, to be honest yep. with you. Um, that was that was part of the early messaging. And, but I didn't uh, know it was still around. So did my yeah. wife. I mean, yeah. my wife, uh, she had similar questions for me, the vaccines first came around targeted um, advertising everybody targeted targeted propaganda only the well, women got the message about infertility and, well it's kind of scary you know yep so. oh definitely but uh again we should all not uh this seems a little contradictory because i i always tell people like like personal things like don't count like well i knew someone who this happened it's like that if you were in a room with 30 people, the odds are that someone will share a birthday. Law of large numbers. But my, we just came from a sex reveal party from someone who got the vaccine and within a month later was pregnant. There's going to um, be a lot of COVID babies. Like, side well, that's note. A, that's being, yeah, I, that's from all that staying at home. 
I'm so excited. (laughs) I'm so excited because my daughter was my, like my wife was pregnant before COVID. And then Aurelia, I say my daughter Aurelia was born before, and I say like during COVID, but she's going to get lumped in with the COVID babies just by proximity. And I'm so excited to when they're older and we can call them the quarantines. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> I'm so excited. Oh, Lord. Yes. That embarrass those poor children. Listen, my final thing to, you know, is that we are, we're currently at six, sorry, 76.9% of all people 12 or over with at least one, uh, with at least one vaccine. Sorry, with at least one injection. So, so all the numbers sound like they're going up. Slowly, but surely. Yes. And this is because vaccine mandates work. Uh, yes. Again, they work for people who are pro-vaccine, but for people, I'm just trying to give equal. Uh, I, I think mean, they work for people who aren't. Say, so? Everybody says they're willing to lose their job until you're faced with the prospect of losing your job. That, And you're like, hmm, how much does that principle mean to you? <laughs> and it sounds, I mean, and look, it sounds sick and it is brutal, but look, the reason mandates work is because uh, if you ask people, do you want to keep paying bills? I guess I do. I guess I do. And I'm going to compromise on my position. I mean, that's, yeah. it, it, sucks we, it sucks we had to do it. Mm-hmm. It would have been nice to have gotten there without sort of coercion, but mm-hmm. uh, uh, mandates work. I know a buddy who lives in Kentucky, uh, you know, not known for their really high vaccination rate. Um, and his company said, get the vaccine or you have to start giving us, you're sort of giving us daily tests. And uh, they say people waited, people waited, people waited until they had to go into the office. And they were in like the first day, they were like daily tests. If you're not that, if you don't show your card. And uh, within that first week, a bunch of people just got their vaccine. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Because I mean, you just, you start inconveniencing people and the, the math changes. And that's all that I had for the polls. We're going to, I think we're going to try to, we still have to acknowledge like the, like the sombering part of the numbers um, because I think that's important. It just keeps us grounded and re- remind us why this is important and why we have to keep talking about it. Mm-hmm. But I do like the ability to put a positive spin on it. Yeah. It was nice. Yeah. That was I thought nice. so too. <laughs> all right. Uh, so on that note, I'm going to hand over Anthony, uh, tell us about our polls. All right. So we're going to be covering two polls this week, everybody, as opposed to our one. So uh, as always, you can find our polls on social media. Uh, If you comment on Facebook, we're very active in the chat. We love to engage with you guys. And we typically comment ourselves. So you can sort of get a preview of our thoughts before you hear them here. So the first poll we're covering is our poll from October 8th. Um, so it was uh, Clara and Orlando have been married for over 30 years. Um, but last year, they both got COVID. Orlando has recovered, but Clara is suffering from long COVID symptoms. Um, she sort of shares a problem she's having, and Orlando shares how this has impacted him. But when asked if they had been vaccinated, their response was, our doctor told us not to get it. I'm not going to say who he is, but he said he doesn't know what's in it. Historically, this country has used slaves, poor people, black people, Puerto Ricans, anybody they could take advantage of for medical research. We don't want to be a part of it. And even our doctor agrees. So our our question was, should a licensed medical doctor be reprimanded for directing patients to not receive the COVID vaccine or any other vaccine for that matter? Or should this be allowed as his, her medical opinion to share as they choose? And do you agree with Clara and Orlando's take on the vaccine and their history of medical abuse in the United States? So uh, I responded on our page um, and I said that doctors should be recommended. Like that's what the AMA thinks. But um, practically, I didn't think it was possible uh, for a variety of reasons. And then I agree that the medical the history of the medical profession is, you know, has a lot of abuses throughout time, but I didn't think that was a blank check to do whatever you wanted to do in the present day. So I know we discussed this one in our Slack channel, but I'm interested to hear what you guys think. So Francine, you're up first. 
Well, uh, I'm going to go kind of against the grain. I think that this falls under medical opinion, just based on how they phrased the statement and that the doctor may really not know what's in the vaccine. And because of that, he probably can't, doesn't feel comfortable vouching for it. So I think he's well within his rights as a doctor. I think it becomes sticky if you give medical advice and someone's harmed by it. But again, all of that's difficult to uh, track and maintain. And more importantly, though, these two people have a relationship with their doctor and they trust their doctor's word. And but also in talking with them, it sounds like they already had their own reasons. So I'm not so sure that the doctor created their opinion as much as the doctor probably affirmed their opinion. Um, and a lot of people have that opinion. The historical things they talk about, yes, they are true. We're not going to deny uh, the history of this country. And there's some really bad things that happened in the name of science uh, to many different groups of people historically and over time. But um, when it comes to the vaccine in and of itself, people, some people have a hard time separating it and, and seeing it for being a life-saving agent that it has been for some people. Some people see it as an extension of what has happened in the past. So I, I guess I don't, know the right answer for anyone else. I know what it is for me, but you know, I respect people that have their own views. Uh, but, but as far as the medical professional part, I, I think it is a matter of that doctor's medical opinion. All right. Um, we'll, we'll circle back. We'll, we'll, we'll come back. Alex, let's hear your take first before we sort of broaden the discussion between all three of us. Okay. Uh, so I'm inclined to agree. Uh, I mean, especially if the, this is a decision to be made by the AMA. And uh, if the AMA um, says that uh, they, you know, the, they, they build consensus and the consensus is, well, the, that we should, that we should have, we should support people getting the vaccine, then, then you should support people for getting the vaccine. And if you, uh, if you don't, then they should, they should reprimand you. I don't know what their mechanisms are. Um, but I'm certain that they have, I'm actually not entirely certain they have them. I just hope that they do. <laughs> but beyond that, I mean, the, there is a lot that the medical community um, does have to answer for, um, like the Tuskegee syphilis experiments come to mind. And I do know that a lot of procedures and protocols have been put into place to prevent things like that. But I also do recognize that passing internal rules without like external audits and without, without getting like direct uh, buy-in from the community that was harmed, that doesn't actually meaningfully improve relations. <laughs> and I think that is an area of active criticism where our medical association needs, needs to do more. All right. So I'll, to your point, Alex, because that's the more recent one, then I'll go to you, Francine. The AMA is in a tough spot here, right? They can't monitor every doctor. So what happens is people report their doctors. But if people are satisfied, so if, but if, if, if they are satisfied with the doctor's misinformation, then they're not going to report it. <laughs> so doctors have a pretty, I mean, they have tremendous leeway to basically do whatever they want. And as long as their patients are happy, again, even if they're giving them misinformation, the AMA is probably not going to catch them. I don't think they do random audits of like family doctors. Yeah, I don't know about the, I don't know enough about their processes. Um, yeah, I've never heard, I've never heard of them sending like a dummy patient to ask for COVID advice. But when I talk to my doctor, my doctor says, you know, as far as doctors are concerned, they're going to be cautious and they're going to want to not do any harm. Right. And adding something new to the equation with somebody who has pre-existing issues may cause harm. So some doctors just may not feel comfortable in that space being the cheerleader for yeah. something that's been such a divisive thing. So, yeah, it's mm -hmm. a complicated, it's a complicated thing. So, you know, doctors want to maintain good relationships with patients. And so to some degree, they want to, I think, reflect what their patients feel. It's a tricky thing. I mean, a family doctor is a tricky thing. You need full trust so that your advice is followed. But if the population that you're serving has their own views, even if those views are incorrect, 
do you want to challenge them? I mean, we like to think doctors would, but if you lose your patient's trust, then you can't really help them any other time. So if you lose uh, your license, you can't do anything. <laughs> right, right. And then there's that. It's a tricky thing. Uh, I think, and also I think it may vary. I, I'm sorry to jump in there. It also may vary depending upon what state they're in, right? Because there's right. certain political pressures in certain states where doctors may feel that they cannot or should not speak to promote a thing if it right. goes against the political environment in that state. So there's also that and just trying to do medicine and not be political. Yep, which is very, very, very difficult when um, medicine itself becomes political. There's really almost no way around it. I mean, advising patients to take the vaccine is a political stance now. Mm-hmm. Whether we want it to be or not, it is. So I don't know. Any other thoughts on this? I mean, again, it's a tricky, complicated issue. Any, any of you guys have some final thoughts before we jump to the next poll? Alex, nothing? He's saving all right. it all for later. Saving. He's saving his ammo. <laughs> tricky. Tricky them. Tricky one there. So uh, our second poll then, this was the one we, we did yesterday. Kelly and David are married and just had their third child 18 months ago. They have decided they do not want any more children, but neither wants to have a procedure they consider to be final, a uh, tubal ligation for Kelly and a vasectomy for David. He's 42, she's 39. They have some disagreement on whose responsibility it should be to get get the procedure. And uh, with Kelly saying, you know, first the procedure isn't as easy as he thinks. I can't even go there with him forever. Birth control was always on me. I had all the pregnancies. I had all the babies. I just felt that he should want to do this one thing for our family. So the poll question was, uh, what do we think? Who should be responsible for reproductive decisions in a marriage? And what do you think Kelly and David should do? I know myself, Josh, and Francine, I know we all answered on, on Facebook. Uh, I think, Francine, correct me, you know, this, this is an unfair summary. I think both of our points was like, we, we both felt that this should be something they need to work out in their marriage. With you noting there could be other things to consider, and it sounds like they just need to sort of educate themselves on the procedures. Mm-hmm. Josh said he feels like because the process has always been too much on women, and that since vasectomies are reversible, said there shouldn't be a problem with getting one as a man unless you are actively trying to conceive and that we need to shift the burden of birth control away from women and more on to men. So I had a response on, on our page to Josh, but I'm going to uh, go to you guys first. Francine, mm-hmm. is there anything you want to add to your answer? And then we'll go to you, Alex. I will just say this. I think that women, based just on our medical care, we are educated at a very early age about reproductive health. And we are even told about, you know, when you're a teenager, you you learn about different things to protect yourself from having children when you're in a relationship. But I don't know if men get the same opportunity at that type of medical education. I'm not talking about what they get in the locker room or even what their dad tells them. I mean, the medical information on what it takes to actually get a thing done. Because I think for uh, a lot of men, they are making decisions without the, all of that information. But I also think some of us women, we don't know a lot about the vasectomy, well, you know, we don't know what goes into it. We just heard that it's an outpatient procedure. That's all I know about it. And all the men I know that have gotten it, they come back to work like two days later, you know? But for women, it's a surgical procedure. They're put under and they go through surgery. And some women can be back on their feet within a week or two. Uh, but it's a it's a different type of procedure and it can have different effects on, you know, based on the individual. So I just think more education needs to be had by this couple and couples like this, because they're not the only ones who are at that pivotal point where, you know, they're getting older, but, you know, but they still have young kids and they're not sure, but they're sure, you know what I mean? So it's, it's also leads into the, the bigger discussion about reproductive rights, at least the whole abortion uh, talk, because for a lot of people, abortion is not the thing you talk about at home with your wife, whatever. You guys talk about things like this, you know, it, it's more granular. So this is kind of what a lot of times will kick off what we think about the bigger issues. But yeah, I think couples like this need to get education and need to do it together and probably having a third party, a counselor, someone knowledgeable to help them step through the information could be helpful. Thank you for expanding on your answer, Francine. Alex, thoughts 
Um, so I'm going to tell them the same thing that I uh, tell the, uh, say, tell my college students, and that is just use birth control. Um, and you can determine what, say, what that means, like, you know, is, is different for everybody. Um, I know uh, after, say, after our daughter was born, my wife got the uh, Nexplanon, which is the birth control uh, implants. Uh, and it just does, you know, like, you know, hormonal regulation. Uh, and so that was the first time that she wasn't on the pill. And she was on the pill for the first three years of our marriage. Uh, you know, and we use contra- like, and we use contraceptives in addition to that. Because yeah. we just, we didn't want kids at the time. Yeah. So right. my, the, the, my suggestion is uh, go back to your 20s and do what you were doing, <laughs> do what you were doing back then. You know, yeah. that's a good point. Maybe they just aren't ready. Maybe they should just use birth control until one or both of them is really ready. Yeah. And as a, uh, I also, um, this was uh, something new that just came out uh, earlier this month. It won a Dyson Award um, and it is a, uh, is a birth control device for, uh, for men. So uh, I'm not certain on um, all of it, uh, as I, on, on using it, but it's called the COSO. Uh, And it is a ultrasound based reversible and hormone free male contraceptive device. So uh, the way that it works is you, uh, you fill the, the uh, container up with uh, up to the designated mark with the display. And then you um, it's a, it's a spa for your testicles. You just kind of lower yourself into the device and uh, let it run for a couple of minutes. And then um, it basically, it just, it, de- it largely just demotivates all of the sperm. How long does that last? And I feel um, a lot of jokes coming from Anthony's. Mead, I, look, <laughs> you know what? It's a, it's a testicle bath. Look, Anthony, what's wrong with that? You it's a day at the spa. It's a spa day. A so spa how long day. does this last? The so you're like, while, while preparing, you're like, Hey, pause, let me go do my testicle bath. Uh, That's a I, good point. That's a- I'll ha- I say again. I don't. This know sounds decisively or- mood killing. Um, say, <laughs> authoritatively uh, mood killing. I, wow. I presume it's probably good for the at least the day. So you could do it in the morning, you know, or you know, whatever. As part of, as part of your new, as part of your as part, routine, as part of part of your routine. Yeah. Yeah, we need a pill. <laughs> You like, know what? There has been a pill in other countries, but in this country, I heard a lot of complaints that men will forget. Uh, the I mean, ones that I've heard um, from uh, medical uh, from medical practitioners um, is that the men complain about uh, mood swing. Mm, wow. Okay, I'm not even gonna go there. They, they <laughs> complain about much. being irritable and mm, mood swings. Yeah, and- <laughs> sounds familiar. Continue. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So uh, I mean. No, these are this is a good discussion though because we need something better because the what I pointed out to Josh was that vasectomies are in effect non-reversible because the reversal procedure is not covered under most insurance plans and they're like $8,000 meaning it is effectively permanent for most men because you're just most most people just don't have 8 9 10 Gs to drop mm-hmm. on an optional medical procedure. So uh, because they're not covered by insurance, the vasectomy is permanent, essentially, effectively permanent for most men. So we do need something like a testicle bath or a pill or an implantable device for men, something that uh, isn't daily because people forget the same women forget birth control. People, men would forget their their pills. We need some equivalent for men. Um, and we need a better name than testicle bath. I think yeah. Called the Coso. <laughs> the the Coso. Coso. Is it a cozy for, for? Yes. Oh my gosh, I was joking. Uh, I'll, I got. I'll, I think I got an image. Now I need I'll to share yeah. a picture. Yeah. It's people um, who are listening can't see this, but this might yeah. be the picture that. Yeah. I can't. What this is? Just, just click on the link. This is all live, folks. <laughs> click on the live link and unfiltered. Scroll down a little bit. You'll be okay. I, what the? You know heck? what? But what if yours does it it's accommodate like a, different size? Like I don't okay. I just want to let our audience know. Uh audience, it's it is like a, it is like a, a doggy bath <laughs> d- yeah. looking device. Um I think you just put yourself in it. You yeah, know, like wow. Yeah. 
it's, yeah. it's it has like LED a strips. Oh, oh okay. so it has I to be plugged in. It's not, as, power? it's not as small it as I see. Power. I see the guy grabbing it now. So I yeah, can, I, the device. Right. He's grabbing yeah. the device, everybody. Not. Oh, <laughs> yes. Touche. Good point. He's grabbing the device, the cozy. Well, I was trying to get so it a says sense he must of, spread well, his legs and sits down to place the testicles in the device. Yeah, this isn't going to work. So are you going to squat? <laughs> like, are you are you holding yourself up in a squat or is it like, I, in I, a, I, I, no, I think you just have like have a chair and you just kind of put, put yourself like, you in know, there, put yourself in there. Yeah. And it just bombards you with ultrasounds. Um, this would- is not gonna work you know what we need to find out what what the side effects are okay i'm gonna this is but it's good to see that we are looking at something but this is not going to work it's gonna have to be something are you saying you're not gonna use this anthony you're not gonna give it i think you guys should give it a shot and report back uh i i have a vasectomy oh that's useless for you useless for me yeah and i can confirm it is a quick procedure no really to any men listening Get it done during March Madness. You get to sit at home and watch college basketball. Just get yourself uh, some frozen peas. <laughs> frozen peas, pop yourself on the couch, watch some Netflix or something. So You're it really is outpatient days. procedure oh, yeah. for you as well? Okay, easy, yeah. easy peasy. Easy okay. procedure. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so, well, then you can I don't need this, but Alex, you're welcome to treat yourself to a day at the spa. Uh, you know what? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. you should just go and support. This is a bro support moment, Anthony. For you to just jump in there. And- I need Katie's phone number so I can make sure to text her this link. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's the Kozo or the Cozy. Yeah, Kozo. That's the Kozo. Uh, oh, so. so breaking uh, news here on this wow want to say uh it came up uh, one of our one of our friends uh we have a disc to say my college roommates and i have a discord channel and he shared this and was like well we have to talk about it that's incredible <laughs> i mean it is good. i learned something yeah <laughs> so um i i I, I feel comfortable saying that probably wraps up our thoughts on this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, I mean, uh, oh, so on the, on the, on the topic or, or on the coast on the topic. Well, do you have more to say on the topic itself? I mean, look, I think we've highlighted though, like we do need better devices for men because vasectomies are effectively permanent and the current devices available are just either not used in the U S or, or kind of ridiculous sounding like an you're ultrasound right, you're device. Right. But I, I we need something but- better. But I think Francine, so Francine um, mentioned that in schools, um, women actually get like, uh, like a fairly comprehensive, I mean, okay, I guess more comprehensive. I don't, I'm not gonna, I, I can't speak for that. Get a more comprehensive like uh, picture of like their own health and the- Reproductive health in general. Reproductive and, health, thank you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The most I remember- is like we got a uh, like in fifth and sixth and then again in seventh grade mm-hmm. we kind of got a uh we got the boner talk i guess yeah well, yeah i don't yeah, know what else like to they, call it you guys it, it seemed is. like they gave guys that talk a pat on the back and a condom and that was it but for us it, it yeah. seemed you like got very a early on out of it no, no. <laughs> i did not but um <laughs> but some schools do give them out as, yeah. as part of that part of their curriculum but um, it seemed like very early on socially reproductive health has been on the onus has been put on girls. You know, mm. if a girl gets pregnant, people only look at a girl. They forget that there was somebody that helped to make that child and thereby is responsible. So that follows you even when you're married, <clears throat> you know, so it's it, it's just interesting. It's an interesting discussion. I'm sure we there's yeah. a lot of things to cover in that. Well, no, you're both right. I mean, look, I didn't get anything that I remember. Well, you went to uh, a Catholic not, school. You got a prayer. Yeah, Catholic high school. They were. <laughs> we just don't talk about that. We assume you guys aren't doing it. <clears throat> Why would you want to? I'll <laughs> say. Yes. I mean, in high school, we got CSA. Uh, I was so excited. They called it CPR, and I was like, "We're gonna learn. Like, we're gonna learn about. Um, and I say, like, learn about CPR. Like, mm-hmm. that's kind of cool. I'm interested. Mm-hmm. It, do you know what CPR stand, stood for? No. What? creating positive relationships only like it was an abstinence course wow was you guys are so, so you were that's embarrassing up. that's that's, that's good wow <laughs> wow <laughs> i'm sorry 
<laughs> I mean, there's nothing against abstinence in general, but uh, yeah, but there, that is not again not reproductive. Is a, is a sin. Yeah. But no, I mean, look, this is all actually, yeah. We need to have better discussions about this, particularly with men. Yeah. Uh, science needs to do its part and make this something so that it's yeah. not just a burden we place on women anymore. Like, mm-hmm. obviously, it's ridiculous that oh, we do. I say, yeah. I, I mean, uh, I get in fifth and sixth, you know, in adolescence, uh, like separating, like you have to separate, like the men, and, and I say, boys, the men yeah. and the the boys and the girls, yeah, uh, young men and young women, because well, like <laughs> they're just. To avoid anyone making fun of, uh, you know, or like any of those other things. Mm-hmm. I, I totally get it. But I should not be in a college biology course uh, learning um, all of the things about, um, or sorry, I guess not me learning, but being in a class with other, with other men who are for the first time like learning about periods and how they work and like the parts of the vagina. That's just mm-hmm. not a thing that should happen. Right. Yeah, I agree. No, but that, no, but that, that's true. That's, that's true. That a lot of people don't get that. But it's, and, and there are various reasons, like we can go off into all kinds of tangents as to why. But I, I think, again, that reproductive health and reproductive education is primarily directed at females. And that affects how we do family. So everybody needs to be educated. Well, it goes deeper than that. Um, I did not know the uh, bizarre thoughts that other men have uh, have <laughs> have created about women and women's bodies until I uh, talk to people on the internet. Oh boy, huh? And then miseducation and no education. Uh, and say um, wi- and say women uh, can't be sexually aroused, uh, and that is uh, what uh, what what is? <laughs> yeah, I, I had a man legitimately tell me that like, what are you what? talking about? Women can't get sexually aroused. Oh. Wow. Oh, okay. that's just sad. I feel like it though. How, do, how does it, how did that? I feel sorry for him. He's, this is a married man. Well, that sounds what? like an excuse for him to be sexually selfish. You know, it sounds like it's more, you know. Oh. Or, you know, I, I don't know. Maybe so it's many Nevada. questions. Yeah. <laughs> so many questions. So many questions and concerns. Yeah. I'm, yeah. 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 <laughs> Yeah. Like, is he still you... married? Is he still married? Uh, <laughs> I think so. <laughs> wow. But, but how do you, how do you how do you go through your twenties and not understand that, like poorly? <laughs> how do you go through your twenties poorly? That's how you go through your twenties. That sounds like that sets people up for all kinds of bad things to happen, though. Well, Seriously. I think it, no. I mean, yeah, not non-comically, it absolutely does because it just creates an entire attitude around sex itself that is warped and unhealthy f- mm. from the very beginning. There's just, we could go so many places with that, but yeah. 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 And the yeah. poor guy is missing out himself from not having an equitable mindset about what yeah. his sexual relationship could be with his partner to have yeah. that thought process is kind of weird, but yeah, no, that's insane. Uh, yeah. no that words. just really indicates like we, we need to have, much much better conversations and education about this so uh-huh. my only my follow-up question on that one is but who who should take that role up who should be who should lead this the this charge on conversations well this is the thing why can't it just coincide with the way young girls and women are educated all through school or even just going to their medical appointments why why is it that i have a son and a daughter <clears throat> and I, they went to the exact same pediatrician. However, the talk about sexuality in their bodies was completely different. I went and I had to interject. And because I tend to be one of those more transparent parents, uh, when you, you, know, you raise your kids a certain way and you're honest about your bodies, I want them to be very, very comfortable with their bodies. I think it's very, very important. And with the exact same pediatrician, talk was different. Very, very open with my daughter about her body as far as uh, how it worked reproductively, but very open about my son, more about, okay, it, yes, it might feel good, but you have to be responsible. It was like a totally different, like there were two different lanes, same pediatrician, same mom, same family. So I think what has to happen is the minds of 
uh, doctors who are, and, and I'm not saying all doctors do this, but in my case, just how you engage your, and, and th at this point, both of my kids were teenagers. So um, the doctors are examining them, they're growing and, and changing and, you know, and you have to educate them about certain changes in their bodies, but it was just totally different. And I had to come home and fill in the blanks or I had to interject while I was there because I am that kind of mom. But in the schools, I, you know, I think the truth should ride along for both boys and girls. I do like the part where they do separate the boys and girls. Having just been a volunteer at schools, I know that you can have the exact same discussion with boys and girls, but have it that way so boys can be a little bit more honest in their sections and girls can be a little bit more honest in their section so they can just ask their questions more freely. I think that's the point of separating the genders. Um, but outside of that, I think the same information should should go along with both. Well, I'm trying to remember what it was like when I was, you know, a high schooler. It's been some time now. It's been a couple <laughs> decades. Um, but I think part of what happens with young men is a lot of young men are probably embarrassed to ask questions about women because it is assumed that young men are sexually active. So a lot of young men assume all the other men know things about having sex that they don't. When in reality, none well, of you what, know much of anything. They, but when they, this is when you should do the fishbowl <laughs> method. The fishbowl method is everybody writes down questions, fold them up anonymous, anonymously, put them in the fishbowl. One person or expert asks a question and then answers the question for everyone. So it right. takes that pressure off of them. That was kind of the way that I was a volunteer yep. parent. I wasn't the one leading it, but I thought that part was done well. Um, and you know, both of my kids actually did go to Catholic school. So they have changed in how they've have done that. They do t uh, teach sexual responsibility, uh, from a religious context, but they also taught biology, yeah. which I appreciate. So that kind and, of and look, I mean, if, 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 if you're, you know, if we were trying to design like how this would really work, like, mm -hmm. I think you should also ask like the, uh, male parents to submit questions and be like, look, what are the things you wish you had known 20 years ago? Oh, wow. What, what do you wish someone would have told 15-year-old Anthony? Well, Let me tell you, young fella. Because <laughs> <laughs> I think, I mean, Alex, I think we can both be honest. Let's be like, look, if someone would like, I wish there are things that someone would have told me beforehand, early on, that would have uh, been better for everybody involved. <laughs> like, I mean, if we're being totally honest, like, there, there are questions I, I wish, I mean, I wouldn't have known certain things to ask at age that's 14, true. 13, 14 that I know now. Right? I think that's true for everyone, though. Oh, right. Actually, I say, uh, uh, I say along those along those lines, um, we have, we're we nationally are kind of having this conversation about consent, mm -hmm. and one of the like one of the things that keeps being brought up time and time again is that like, well, it's a mood killer. Like, I don't want to like be. Say you know, say uh, say we're say we're hot and heavy, and then I I don't want to stop and be like, wait, document. Do you consent right. to the following <laughs> things? Right. And just being like, well, I say, and I mean, and to be fair, that would be very jarring, and that would <laughs> probably kill any anything right. that was any romance, anything that was going to happen, any momentum, right. just dead. We're gonna get uh, so many, so many emails about this. Well, no, but look, this is a good. This is a good. I mean, Alex and I had this conversation in, in private, so I'm happy he brought it up because. So, say, the the push for getting consent is good, right, but right. sometimes the people who are pushing that have made it sound like it's this really formulaic. I need you to sign on the dotted line thing, and that that so has weakened me, the argument because they well, made it sound more formulaic and you know i get what you're saying but let me kind of let me share from my perspective i'd love to get you guys' feedback a lot yeah. of times consent and the type and the way that you get consent is really indicative of the type of relationship you have with that person right so i was married and uh quite frankly i <laughs> life happens and there, you know it, when you're married, you take liberty with the liberties with each other. And there was no permission slip. I don't believe there were questions other than are the kids asleep? That was the main question we asked in our house. Um, <laughs> that was the only question that mattered. Um, but, you know, when you're out there dating, you're not married, you're not uh, in relation or have responsibility for a person, you don't know them. Um, and even if you do sometimes, and certain people have been through things or they have triggers or what have you, 
it's a it's more than a respect thing it's it's the reality of having sex with strangers all right and when you engage strangers um, to be intimate with them to share your body with them these are the sorts of things that you have to consider doing for your own protection just like any other form of protection that you will use in that context in that relationship and all of the forms of protections can be considered mood killers however they are necessary so that's my take so, totally um <laughs> i just think that like what anthony was saying i think that we could as part of this conversation talk about well how i say how can you how can you be respectful and garner like and garner consent and know mm -hmm. you know uh and have this conversation without being so formulaic, without killing everything, without, you know. I think the normal thing is when a guy or a woman says stop, all right, just starting there. That's like the baseline. Right. So if he, or she, if he or she says stop, then you stop. And if it kills the mood, it's, it's probably meant to at that time. And you walk away or whatever the situation calls for. And, and that's the baseline, but the, the, uh, the example that you've given, like, will you sign this contract? You know, that's not necessarily realistic. I think what's more realistic is people feeling each other out and then waiting for someone to verbalize how far they don't want to go, right? Because it's assumed if you take this trip with me, you're gonna finish the trip unless you tell me, no, I don't wanna finish the trip. At that time, you respectfully and quickly disengage for your own, you know, protection. Well, I think the other part of it, though, is like, Alex, when you and I talk, like, there's a there's a degree of setting the mood. Now, wait a minute. Let me say this before you. It. Let me say this before we go too far. You two are speaking from the perspective of two very comfortable married men. Okay. Yes. So now go. Because yes. that's really important because you are comfortable in that part of your sexuality with your part. So you have that, but you have to now remember now we are. you. Yeah. yeah now you are. So, that wasn't, that wasn't always, no, it wasn't always. The case. And, and I, and I remember before that was the case and there was okay. still a, there's a degree of generosity. Like mm -hmm. if you're like, where this is like Alex and I, like men talking, frankly, to, to men, <laughs> but, but like, 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 I think that's what this kind of is, right? There's a degree of, of, of being generous. Right. Right. Um, right setting the mood mm -hmm. of listening to your partner mm -hmm. that goes along with both asking for and getting consent that is not so formulaic and a lot of times if you feel well i have to stop and ask for a, a permission well that lets me know that like the first nine steps you just blew past those <laughs> that would have like let you know like is, do you have consent well if you have to ask like excuse me is it okay like if you are like there's some stuff you could do before then that might sort of inform well, you well help a little, your dudes a out better. help your dudes out what can they do before then wow where I do we want to i mean where do we want to begin with like this. um so so okay this does get into what you mentioned with your uh married your married partner who was like i didn't know women could be aroused like, okay, so let's say, like, first off, like, they, they can be, like, and there are things short of, there are things short of sex that, like, goes along with being intimate and things, you know, that can be being physical in other ways. It can be kissing. It can be having a, a, a date or an evening planned that sort of ramps things up in a more, like, natural gentle way other than just going from like i met you let's pound six shots and get down to it well like look you've skipped a whole bunch of like frankly warm-up <laughs> that will let you know if she's feeling you or not that's like before my wife and i were true. married like yeah, like 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 you know like i like if you don't know then you have skipped getting to know her you skipped talking you've you you've again you just jumped from like meeting her to jump in the bed and at that point mm. yeah you have no idea what she wants to do. Well, you haven't bothered trying to figure that out either. Because I think it's pretty clear from like men who bother to try to get to know a woman. Like, I think it's, you know, when you get to that point, is she interested or not? I, 
I have a hard time. I, I, I've never believed it when men are like, well, I didn't know. I don't believe that. You should know. That's on men. Like, that's on us. <laughs> uh, I know. Um, I'm a fan. I say, I'm a fan of just asking what they, uh, I was a fan of asking right. what they nice to say. clarify good to yeah. clarify all right <laughs> um i say uh but it's like no i say just learning what they like and then just been like do you say it's like so like so what do you say so what do you like and it's like oh well you know um i kind of like it like you know like bite my lip and it's like oh all right all right yeah like that's a now i was like now we know that and we can just kind of casually move on. yeah it's just a now that's a straight up tactic, you know, asking and knowing, but having that, is that what men typically do? Is that what I think you're saying? No, you're saying men I mean, typically no, no, it's oh. we're, we're <laughs> not what men typically do. Yeah, uh, we are for, not. For a, whole host of, for a whole host of reasons. Um, the fact that we're having this conversation should indicate yeah. to you, Francine, that okay. we are not. I'm catching up. I was, I, mean, I, was, yeah. I was jogging. I should have been running. Sorry. And to be fair to men, um, there's a large expectation of men setting the cadence Mm -hmm. um i i know there are girls uh that i went on a date with and didn't get a second one because she just thought i wasn't interested she's like you didn't i say you didn't hound me and so i didn't think that you were interested and it's like what no i was i was definitely interested i just wasn't going to hound you right yeah i mean i mean a lot of the stories we read about a lot a lot of not all of them but many of the worst things we hear about we we hear a lot of times about there being alcohol or sometimes drugs involved and look the totally blunt truth like guys if you're if you are six seven eight beers in then yeah you're actually probably missing a lot of indications Mm -hmm. that are going to frankly get you to to not even talk about the damage you're going to do to the other person but it's gonna get you into trouble mm-hmm. because you're just blowing by clear signs one way or the other and we mm-hmm. go well how could you have missed them well because you were six seven eight beers in yeah of course yeah. You, you you blew by all the warning signs mm-hmm. of course you did you had no idea what the hell you were doing after eight beers mm-hmm. because a good idea to drive home or you know walk back to your place you're eight beers in you can't walk straight what possibly makes you think you can actually be successfully intimate with anybody i never got like drunk around my now wife until we were long past like the early stages because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. it just wasn't like it's just not a good idea and so is there drunk etiquette like <laughs> you, uh, you wait until <laughs> wait until you're somewhat in for a man i mean i I've not, i know that some women including myself if i go out on a date i don't drink necessarily i'll have a little glass glass of wine with dinner yeah. but i'm not much of a drinker anyway but um it's just the thought that there's no trust. I don't know you. Yeah. And I mean, you don't want to put yourself in a vulnerable state. For men, like, is there, I don't think I would say there currently is. Um, I think, Francine, I think your position is a common one among women, but I don't actually think I've ever heard a man vocalize, like, the idea that uh, general advice for men is to, like, not have drinks or not be drunk. Uh, but it, it's there should be mm-hmm. for the same basic reason that you are going to you're going to disrespect your partner and you, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, yeah. if your first date with her and you're seven or eight beers deep, like don't, that's a bad sign. Don't do that. Well, we've really taken this topic way. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was all connected. Yeah. All well, connected. because it, these all are all conversations your... men and women need to be having. I think you're right. And men need to be having them with like other men. Yes. Uh, don't, don't get drunk mm-hmm. on the first date. <laughs> it's just like don't don't do it right, um, right, don't right. be the guy who in college you know you're you're the guy who everybody knows on friday night you're the guy doing keg stands and then looking for somebody to go back to your dorm room with don't be that guy mm-hmm. you think he's fun mm-hmm. and your 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 guy friends may laugh at you mm-hmm. thinking hey, you're fun but you're not and fun. if you're saying if you're friends with that guy you just he you have to look at like shepherd him <laughs> yes like seriously you think he's fun now, but he's going to end up hurting somebody. Mm. <laughs> wow, that's a good point. And on that note, uh, <laughs> this podcast has been brought to you in part by Eliag Productions, a studio for podcasters and musicians, and Pointcast News. To listen to any of our podcasts, please go to our website at pointcast.news or find us on Apple Podcasts. 
Also, be sure to follow us and like us on Facebook. Thank you for listening. Alex out? (laughs) I won't go with that.